Yes, guys and girls, welcome to the newest episode of the Be More podcast. You guys are in for an absolute treat today. So we are joined by Danilo Cadet. So guys, you are in for a treat, mate. Over to you, share the, with the guys a bit about your story and who you are. Hi, Jack. Hi, guys. My name's Danilo Cadet, 32 years old, um, originally from Angola, but I was raised in the UK sort of um, half of my life up north in Newcastle but you won't hear that Geordie accent. <laughs> and then a half of my life, um, sort of the other half uh, down south in Surrey. Um, as most kids, um, like yourself as well, Jack, um, I had a dream to become a professional footballer. Uh, unfortunately, um, that goal was, wasn't achieved. Uh, however, uh, you know, I was fortunate to have played with some of the the players um, I've played with uh, or against, and even some of the the, the sort of level I uh, got to play at. Um, right now, I'm playing semi pro football, so football is not longer the priority. Of course, age is a factor, a huge factor in there. Uh, but yeah, so just sort of like you know, focused most of my life on trying to become a professional. And then uh, realized that I maybe needed to invest in other areas of my life, such as the education side of things. And that's what I decided to do. And uh, in the end, uh, I sort of ended up being a senior personal banker, which is where we are currently. So in terms of telling my story, uh, I sort of like to call it a journey because, of course, we're not done yet. So um, that's as far as we, we, we've got so far, but there's still more to come, hopefully. Amazing, mate. Amazing. So tell us, when did you move over to the UK? How old was you? Yeah, so I I was about seven, seven, I believe, yeah, when and I moved how, over. And how was life for you before, like when you were growing up in Angola? Oh, completely different, Jack. Completely different to the life in the UK. Um, and it's one of those things uh, that, you know, you kind of, you have no idea <laughs> of, you know, different lifestyles, different cultures into you experience different and it was one of those things you know when I was in Angola being as young as I was but obviously I was aware of things and how you know the whole environment worked around me and then when I moved here you know I saw a huge difference um and of course in terms of like um just sort of like culture wise it was completely different um, you know, as you you might already be aware, you know, Africans tend to be more traditional based um, sort of, you know, in Europe or within the UK in general, it's a little bit more open minded sort of thing. So a huge, huge difference. Um, and not to even speak on on the fact that, you know, the difference between the rich and the poor uh, and more like most places in Africa is huge. So, you know, you could be walking down. Um, a five-star hotel coming outside of it and outside uh, you know you're, you're kind of right into the ghetto straight away and you could feel and see the differences but like I said until you experience uh, something different or a different environment you don't really realize how different you know some parts of the world are and how people live so yeah huge difference. How do you feel like those first seven years of your life prepared you for your whole life like the experiences you went through wow great question <laughs> um i think in fact um it helped me build my character in terms of um i would say 
mental toughness. And I know it sounds a little bit crazy and insane to, you know, to be seven years old and already be thinking about mental toughness. But I guess the situation um, which, you know, I've experienced and I'm sure many other people have experienced, not just in Africa, but in Europe or any side, you know, any, any part of your life, any sort of experience, um, what, like they say, what doesn't kill you only make you stronger. Uh, so I think it's um, given me a different perspective on life and certainly humbled me as well. Uh, because like I said, you know, going from Angola, which is a very beautiful country, to be honest. Uh, but like I said, the difference between the rich and the poor is huge. So you experience a bit of both, perhaps what we do here in the UK and 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 what we do, obviously, or what I did uh, in Angola. But it certainly helped me uh, have a different perspective or a way of looking at life. And I think that helped me build the character that I have built today. Certainly played a, a huge part in it. Amazing, mate. So tell me, football obviously is a big part in your life. <laughs> was you out there balling all the time playing or did it really start when you moved to the UK? Like by the point of seven, was you already like decent? Like to tell us. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as uh, I'm aware, and according to my parents, I've always played football from, I don't know, age of two or something like that. Because um, I remember, you know, being seven years old and kind of like people just going crazy, like this guy is super talented. He's going to be the next guy and all of this. I mean, to me, it was like I didn't really notice or kind of thought about what they were saying. I just wanted to go out there and play and enjoy. I would play um, by myself with friends. When friends would leave, I would still be there playing. At times I had to come, like I had to, to get dragged out, <laughs> literally or dragged into the house, should I say, uh, by my parents because I was still out there playing football. So I think the passion and the love for football started really early. I love it, mate. So okay. let's, let's go to now and I will come back to that part of the story for sure. Yeah. Right? really interested about, about it but yeah. now run the lit show which i was honored to, to come on and be a guest on what, yeah what thank inspires you. you to start that like it's obviously your own podcast like what what made you want to start in the first place and is it maybe something that was started when back you was little is something that you want to now give back and inspire with people uh yes i think there is a bit of everything in there um it's a bit of both i've always sort of in terms of personality um, I've always been an extrovert. Um, so, you know, I've been out there, um, as you've probably seen on my social media um, on there. Um, so I love to talk to people. I love to communicate. Uh, perhaps that's also one of the positive sides of playing football, especially now at this age where we're not trying to be professional anymore, but the social side of things. So, um, but the podcast uh, on the Lit Show actually came about as a joke. Now, it was during lockdown so you know we we were bored as most of us were at times and I, I decided you know let me work out you know I was buzzing feeling you know hyper and I decided let me jump on the live and just you know just 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 say whatever comes to mind um, obviously with banter intentions and stuff and I started calling out some of my friends etc so long story short you know, I guess people were bored as well. So people paid attention and I received, you know, a numerous of good feedbacks saying, oh, my God, that was funny. Can you talk about my friend as well? 
uh, he did that or she did this or this and that. So it kind of developed that way. You know, as the days went by, I started doing more lives as a joke. And and I was actually calling it Quarantine Radio, which uh, I don't know if you're aware of the rapper. Um, he's gone to jail now. <laughs> What's his name? Tory Lanez. He was doing Quarantine Radio at the time. So I was kind of like mimicking him uh, going Quarantine Radio, but then talking about my, my actual friends um, so they could relate. But then as the days went on, I sort of saw an opportunity and said, hold on a minute, maybe this could, you know, if, if I took this serious, this could go somewhere. So the ideas kind of like started flowing. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm a person that I like to talk. I like to hear people a bit like yourself. I like to hear people's stories as well. Uh, but as, it's a as it started off as an entertainment platform, I thought I'd keep it that way. However, thought after thought, um, you know, putting thoughts together and plan, I said, you know, why, why don't I just create a platform where it kind of delivers a bit of everything. So we're talking about entertainment, um, talent, sports, uh, education, fitness and well-being, which obviously you joined us on as well. Um, and kind of like merge everything, you know, into one. Uh, and that's where really uh, it kind of started developing. And now we are where we are. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. So let's go back to when you came to the UK. Yeah. Obviously, at this point, already baller. Did you start, <laughs> did you join a team straight away? And how did you find the, the culture shift from Angola to Newcastle? Yeah. Like at home straight away? Or did it take you some time? Like, how did you find the, the transition? Actually, um, it wasn't as bad um, in some aspects in terms of like where I saw a football, it was home for me. <laughs> so I was that obsessed with it <laughs> and still probably I'm still am uh, even doing into this day. Uh, but yeah, um, so I was introduced to football right away. So, you know, my parents introduced me to, to football right away. So I already felt like at home, you know, and, and, and as you know, with with kids uh, in particular, when you're talented, um, talent, recognize talent. And, and you know, people kind of want to be around you, of course. Uh, but then obviously there was the, the language barrier. My English wasn't <laughs> great as well as my first language is Portuguese. You know, Angola was colonized by Portugal, a bit of history as well for some people that may not know. Angola was colonized by Portugal. So our main language is actually Portuguese on there. Um, so other than the language barrier, you know, in schools and stuff, I had to kind of, you know, put in the extra shift to, to learn the language quicker, but I adapted pretty quick. Um, and then I had some Portuguese people around me as well and Angolan people. So it was easy to kind of, uh, you know, um, interact in that sense. Uh, but, you know, like you said, having gone to Newcastle, um, there was obviously the racism uh, side of things as well, which I went through. And again, that helped me build sort of my character as well. That was tough. That's one, that's one of the toughest uh, sort of periods in my life. But then again, like you said, um, you know, the the having travelled, the transition from Angola to here, I was already made or prepared for a tough environment, regardless. Um, but yeah, it was it was different, but in some aspects, it was it wasn't too bad. And of course, the cold that was the main thing 
you know, I brought, a, I remember I brought a little jacket thinking that, yeah, that's going to do. And it, it was, I think it's probably a summer jacket looking at it now, to be fair. But yeah. <laughs> so now, obviously, people see you as a massive inspiration. Obviously, you've done amazing things in football with your lit show and with your career. They don't really know about the, the, the cold and the dark times that you went through in your life. Mm -hmm. But there will be people that are going through those right now. What would be your message to them? Because obviously you've dealt with them incredibly yeah. well and then you use them to become the person that you are today. So like, what would be your advice to anyone going through maybe challenging moments right now? Yeah, good question. Good question. So one of the things I've actually never revealed, um, Jack, um, is that one of my goals is to become a life coach. And again, you know, long story short the lit show is kind of part of that as well or will be playing some part of that uh in the near future but um so this might come as a surprise for some people or maybe not because i do get told that a lot um but yeah so um i'm quite a, a deep thinker and you know like most of us overthink but i always like to analyze and look into things but to answer your question um, what would be, you know, my advice to anyone going through a tough challenge um, is that it will pass. So that's for sure. So like just like good moments uh, that we have, bad moments that we have, it all passes. And I have this quote, which I created. I'm not sure why. Again, perhaps maybe because of the experience. I always uh, sort of quote to my friends as well. Look, if life itself doesn't last forever, don't expect anything in it to last so, um, or to do so. So in that case, uh, you know, if it, if you're going through a tough period, it's going to pass. You just got to hang in there. And I know it's easier to say it, but, you know, a lot of the times, and, and I'm sure most of us can, you know, can agree to this. Most of the times, once you've actually managed to overcome a situation or you survived, should we say, a situation, all of a sudden, you know, you feel stronger. Is what I said at the beginning. What doesn't kill you make you stronger. So knowing that it's going to pass, it gives you that hope that actually things will be okay. And then, of course, you know, different situations require different methods of uh, of coping uh, with, you know, with yourself or with a situation. But I would say, number one, knowing that it's going to pass and you know, just hanging in there, it's gonna figure itself out as long as you're hanging in there. Just don't give up, mate. I love it. Very inspirational. And by life <laughs> coach, you should. <laughs> Hearing you, like, I know you wear the armband, so I was like, I want to ask some questions about being a captain because he's obviously a leader. Mm -hmm. And we've been speaking for twenty minutes, and you're already talking like a leader. So <laughs> the, world, the world needs you to be a life coach. Like, likewise with you as well. That's what I felt like when you were on my show, and in fact. That was part of the reason why I asked you, um, you know, to come on the show, because I thought, you know, I'm sure people will will hear Jack's story and get inspired and motivated by it. And seeing what you do, obviously, on a day to day as well and just your grind, Jack. And I know a lot of people, you know, who don't know you personally as well, they might look and think uh, he's just stunting and all that. But I know coming from someone who's also you know, on their journey and working to develop themselves. I know how much work, you know, it's being put in. So, you know, again, likewise. So, you know, compliments and congratulations to you as well, mate.
Appreciate you, bro. Big time. So, mate, keep talking about football. I know you had trials at Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. That experience. How close was you to getting like a, a pro contract or whatever? Like, talk through that experience of us. Yeah, good story. I will talk through through that, and then I'll go back to the captain uh, band okay. because I know I tend to I tend to go off topic at times. Again, it's probably because I love talking, like I said. But yeah, um, so the the. I was playing for a Sunday league team at the time, Red House Farm. Um, and then, uh, you know, at a young age, 13, I can't remember exactly. Uh, and then got an opportunity at Newcastle. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to capitalise as, as much as I wanted to. And then again, for various reasons, when I mentioned the racism side of things, so um there was no doubt I was extremely talented not coming from my own words uh, but saying what people obviously around me uh, said um and a lot of people obviously believed in that uh, as well however um I kind of during my opportunity at Newcastle I faced a lot of challenges off the pitch as well so like I was saying in terms of the racism so I used to travel to training by myself um as that's something normal to 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 me or to most african uh, people um so, you know a lot of as like i said from 7 years old i already had a different mindset so going to football training on my own it wasn't exactly an issue which again difference between the coaches um and stuff just to emphasize that but yeah so i would encounter gangs or you know uh sort of like youngsters uh, perhaps a little bit older than me, uh, who would often uh, chase me, try and jump me uh, and stuff. I got jumped a few times, um, yeah. And funny enough, for some reason, whether it was just football focused or anything like that, I'd still go through the same street because I didn't know any other way. Uh, and often I'd go, you know, prepared to fight five, six people, at the same time, which resulted in me arriving late, often to training um, as well, arriving sort of semi-injured as well. And funny enough, I never opened up about it to the coaches and stuff, um, you know, so they used to clearly just kind of look at it from a different perspective. So, you know, they're like, hold on, we're, we're kind of giving this guy an opportunity here and, you know, but he doesn't seem to have a, a, a time schedule and all that and it doesn't help that you know uh the um what we call the the taboos and all that in terms of like black timing <laughs> so i guess they kind of just looked at it that way but i never spoke out about it i would just get on with it so you know whether i got jumped or won the fight or but i was i was always faster than them so that helped anyways regardless so i might you know might defend myself and then run off but that was the kind of thing i was going through whereas obviously other kids who were heading to training would be dropped off by their parents and arrive in good spirit, everything um, and everything else to go with it. I would arrive either bruised or injured or semi-injured or worrying and having to kind of like get in the mindset of training or matches. And I remember one game in particular, um, I think this was probably like one of my last ones. Um, I think it was against leads or something and I arrived injured and everyone had already done the warm-up and everything and I had my shirt there waiting for me uh, at the time Alan Shearer was like kind of my hero so I asked if I could wear the, the shirt number nine and stuff so they left that for me and um and it had it was kind of like a big game put it that way 
Uh, and it was a game that was perhaps going to decide, you know, a contract, etc. And that day I was actually jumped and beaten up by like six, seven people in there. Um, how I managed to get out of it, I don't know, but I did. And um, yeah. Uh, and when I say, you know, beaten up, it was I was jumped by by several guys, as I'm um, saying it. And yeah, but I got there, Jack, I just couldn't, my legs couldn't move, I couldn't do anything. And it was probably one of the worst games I've had. And I think that played a big decision in them, not to mention one of the days as well, just to go back moments before that, where I went missing for a bit because I basically took a different route to the one that I used to take to see. And then what happened, a group of people kind of realized that and they spread out split into groups and then kind of chased me so I had to kind of like they realized where I was going which was obviously the training ground where Newcastle Academy was set up and um, yeah and I had to basically avoid going to the club had gone somewhere else where I had no clue where it was but um, it was in a place called Wall's End um, and I basically hid in a place for hours until they disappeared. And you can imagine now, imagine the chaos. Um, you know, it was time where I can't really remember if I had a mobile phone at the time or not. You know, technology, we went into technology like that. But yeah, long story short, you know, uh, parents called police, helicopters looking for me and the coach kind of like, I can't actually remember who the coach was, but I remember the coaches uh, being really desperate about it as well. And kind of like, but it was a lot of responsibility and a lot of luggage that I was carrying just for football, you know? So I think that kind of also played a role in in perhaps me going even further. Uh, I was then fortunate to have trials at, at Port Vale and then Plymouth Argyle as well after that, uh, South End as well. But, you know, Again, there was a story. There is a story to go with that as well. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what happened in terms of the the football or the period of the opportunity I was kind of given at Newcastle. That's insane. How long was you on trial there? Uh so it kind of got. It was six months, and then it got extended. So because at the time they were stuck between. Do we sign this guy or is he going to keep us, keep, you know, keep us sort of in trouble sort of thing with whatever's going on outside, what it is, what's going. And in the end, you know, I kind of had already given up myself anyways, you know, I'd go to training, you know, and I'm a kind of like, I'm a flashy person from football. You know, I like to kind of show off what I have, my talent. I wouldn't do that. I remember a training session where, uh, the 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 guys were doing like you know around the world you you play football so you know what I mean around the world and stuff and they all did one each and then they would pass it to the next person they gave it to me and I passed it back and everyone was like wow like he really can't do this and stuff like that not knowing I could actually do six around the worlds in a row at the time at our age and it kind of made me think hold on something isn't right here I'm not longer feeling good and feeling at home and the managers kind of going you know, you're supposed to be one of the most skillful here. You don't do a skill. You like kind of, you know, your mind seems to be somewhere else. Yeah, but I never knew that I had to open myself up because, again, 
you know, in Africa, which is one of the things I talk about on the podcast with one of the, the, the ladies I interviewed recently, you're kind of built to handle everything mentally just, you know, through pure toughness. So speaking to to someone about it, it was never it was never the case. It was never in my mind. Obviously today I know different, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you would let's say you've gone through an incident and you've been jumped. You'd get to football after and you wouldn't mention it to the coaches. You'd just be like, Did you put your socks on and play? Of course. Yeah. Just just get on with it. Whether you can run or not. I mean, I was always one of the fastest kids in that time. I couldn't even run, but you know, it it kind of I kind of played it out to to kind of be laziness rather than anything else. But really, I couldn't run. Did but tell, I didn't did you tell your like who your parents or no, I wouldn't tell my parents either. They 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 didn't know until the very end, until the day that the police came where they were after me um, or looking for me, should I say? Uh, they then they found out. But at that point, it had already accumulated all the times that I was obviously there. You know, so yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, insane. So obviously, in school as well, I went through similar incidents as well. I went to quite a big school, uh, and in the end, obviously, I overcame that uh, as well. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a madness. So this was, I'm guessing, like 15, 16, 17 years ago. Racism then was just, but yeah. Was at a different level, like different level. People would, especially up north, like people would openly abuse you. Uh, I mean, you know, kind of like, you know, I'm not saying this to kind of, you know, for people to feel sorry for me or anything, but I hope no one else is going through this or any anywhere near. But like, um, you know, there'd be times where I'm walking down the street and this was, you know, whilst I was already sort of like, you know, a Geordie, uh, I'd be walking down the street the age of what 12 uh, 11 or whatever and you know and I get punched by like a 20 year old guy simply because I was black <laughs> like that sort of stuff yeah and you know I couldn't obviously fight a 20 year old guy so I'd run away but I, I was struggling to kind of understand but like I said you know I've always been built up or grown up or raised with a tough mentality which is not you know, it's not necessarily ideal, but it does help because then, you know, there are consequences to, to the things that you go through. But I was strong enough to kind of like brush it off my shoulder and get on with it and fight. And every day I was fighting people older than me and all sorts. Like every day, every day. Yeah. When I was in school, I was fighting pretty much every day, mind you. And then obviously through football again, I became like a popular guy in school and that kind of is down a little bit, but in some ways it worsened because, you know, no one kind of wanted me to have the top spot. I was the kind of guy that you'd fight for to, um, and I mean this in the most humble way, but you know, um, that you'd fight for to have me on your lunchtime team uh, on the lunch break. So I had people fight over that. And of course, if they fight in each other, why wouldn't they fight me? <laughs> because at the end I had to, to kind of make a choice we'd play against the oldest so year sevens or year eights versus year elevens we'd beat them I'd kind of you know I'd carry the ball and kind of show off sort of thing that would result in them trying to catch me after lunch or something so I was fighting on a daily basis and the fact that I could actually fight it didn't help <laughs> because they would just come after me again and again and again and they know I wouldn't like sort of <laughs> 
wouldn't give in. So it's kind of like it was a bit of a bit of a game, to be honest. But yeah, that that's just you know, I'm sure everyone has their stories. Did it make you think like, why am I here? Do I not want to go back to Angola, or was you always like, no, nah, this is better. I can just deal with getting punched in the face. Like to be honest, um, I was just like I wasn't scared. That's the thing, which is weird, you know, when you're a kid. But I just wasn't scared. Like I've, you know, I've not. There aren't a lot of things that that make me scared. Why I wasn't scared, I don't know. It wasn't like I was winning every single fight. I was, I, was, I mean, I was getting jumped a lot of the times. People knew I could fight, so they would never come in ones or twos. They'd come in threes, four, five, six. Um, and stuff, but for some reason, I just wasn't scared. Maybe it was the fact that I knew I wasn't in the wrong. It was perhaps that mindset, like, look, I've done nothing wrong, like, absolutely nothing. Like, you know, I'm just here and and this is happening to me. Maybe that's what kind of made me not fear sort of thing. Yeah. Wow, bro. Wow. <laughs> Hardened, like, the grit, resilience is... <laughs> Levels, like levels, and I've wrote, I've wrote down. I've just put hard. Like you've just been hardened through the experiences in your life. Like, and I've yeah, like so much admiration behind that. Like, and I I wrote down underneath it soft culture because I feel like in today's age, mm -hmm. very soft. Like I look at kids, for example, growing up, yeah, going through those experiences that you've just mentioned. And as a result, they become, I think, I feel quite, quite soft. Like you mentioned, didn't have a phone. We didn't have phones. We'd go to football on our own or whatever. Yeah. They'd call me like, there's someone here to beat me up. Like, you just get beat up. You just get beat up. That's it. Like, I so knew now, I was going to be training. Like, like, where you are every minute. They can follow your your app or on your phone or whatever. Like, there's, it was a different world nowadays. And as a result, I feel like yeah. you've softer because of it a little bit. And a lot of other yeah. So what of do you course. think about that? Obviously, you are a deep thinker. You've got mm -hmm. philosophy. How do you feel like we need to respond? Because I feel like hard times create hard men. And, yeah. And deal with challenges, right? Whereas if it's so soft for people, like what's the future going to look like for them when it comes to they have to work a job against someone who's going to have been through more. They're not going to make the grade, you know what I mean? Or football or whatever. They're just going to be, they're not going to make yeah. the level that they need to make. It's just winning in life in general. Yeah. Tell me what you think. Um, I mean, it's quite a complex uh, one in this case, but, you know, from my opinion and personal experience as well, I think your parents do play a big role in there as well, uh, because like I said, you know, they've always raised me in a tough way, very, obviously very loving and caring, um, but in a tough way in the sense that, you know, if I wanted to get something and I couldn't, they would make me see why I couldn't have that or why I had to work for it. So a lot of that, again, is built, you know, subconsciously within you and then used perhaps, you know, when you're called upon um, as well. So I think the parents play a huge uh, factor in terms of how their children, uh, but then again, not everyone has parents. So, you know, how about those those kids who, who are on their own, for example? But um, like I said, I think it's just knowing that whatever you're going through, it's going to pass. Good times pass, uh, bad times do as well. And it's about knowing yourself. Um, you know, you kind of like when you know yourself, you you kind of become, you know, you're, you're more in control of your life, should you say. You know, you know 
what sort of environment you want to be in, what you know, what what you like, what you don't like, and naturally you tend to avoid, you know, environments that could potentially harm you or cause you harm in the long term. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, for example, you know, uh, I see a lot of kids who want to dress and act like UK drill rappers, for example, but they don't understand the consequences that come with it. Um, you know, but really what they're looking for is really, you know, some sort of like uh, validation or some, you know, some sort of praise to make them feel uh, good, to make them feel better. Um, so they're not really building their characters because they're not going according to their experiences. They're going according to somebody, someone else's experience, uh, if that makes sense. So there is not a one fit all sort of answer. But, you know, the more you know yourself, I believe the more in control you will be of your environment um and uh, uh, like like we said you know like you said now there are a lot of kids who are perhaps soft but those kids are just they're mirroring somebody else rather than looking at themselves in the mirror you know because again social media factors you know i look at jack jack's got a six pack and he's dench i want to be dench and have a six pack but i don't want to put the work in i don't know what jack's done i don't have the information that jack does so I'm going to just do it my own way. Perhaps I'll go and take a steroid without knowing what the consequences may be. So it's more about knowing yourself and trying to focus on yourself. For those that have parents, obviously the parents have a role to play. For those that don't, perhaps surround themselves with people who make them feel better, etc. Because nine times out of ten, you know, those people in your life who make you feel better will want better for you anyways. So, yeah, that's what I would have to say. But of course, like I said, there's not one answer for for everything. Hundred percent, mate. I could talk to you all night. This is great. Let's, <laughs> let's close out on it. I know you've probably got plans. You, I know you've got the armband, the teams you played in previously. You come across yeah. as a leader. Like to you, what does being a leader mean? Yeah, being a leader. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Good question. Um, I think being a leader is um being able to um to look at people's behaviors feelings um from their perspective and not only your own perspective because the sooner you understand something the quicker you you are able to find solutions to it if there is a problem uh, as well. Because a lot of my leadership, for example, it doesn't necessarily come from um, from shouting and screaming. I don't shout a lot. <laughs> if anything, I shout more when I'm joking than when I'm actually being serious. Um, so it doesn't come from shouting, swearing and all of that. But what I do do, and even now in the teams that, that I am, I sort of pull players to the side, uh, you know, and kind of try and understand. Most of the times I've already understood what's going on, whether it be something off the pitch or on the pitch, uh, and pull them to the side and kind of personalise it to them and say, look, I know you're not scoring at the moment, but look, you can't give up. Your attitude has to be different. You have to manifest in different way. You have to visualise it. You've got to believe you're here for a reason. Um, and, you know, and it kind of does work. And a lot of the times... 
you know that seeing that that you've helped someone it gives you you know a sense of reward in a way but what it does do as well it expands because that person then when there is a problem or something they'll not only come to you but suggest somebody else to come to you and i think you know i've always been good in the dressing room i've always been the person that again you know the vibes i bring bring positive vibes so it's kind of hard uh, for you not to want to be around that person, not to want to listen to that person. So, you know, again, there is no one answer to, 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 to what's the best way to lead. But again, different scenarios and different people and situations would allow you to lead different. Sometimes you do have to be a little bit tougher uh, on people because sometimes they need to hear reality and something clicks off. But no, it's been it's been good. Um, again, obviously leading through experience as well. I'm quite professional, leading by example as well. Again, I only play at semi-pro level, but I treat it as professional. So a lot of the players see that. Some of them banter about it, but I know deep down they all respect it and appreciate it as well because um, I'm, I'm there when they need it and they're there when, when I need them. So, yeah. So good, bro. So good. And you know what I like most as well? Like, you are now creating that environment. Like, you know the vibes. Like... <laughs> Like, but you you could look back and be like, because you went through such hard times. Yeah. Like some people would have a victim mentality because of the experiences that you've had. Whereas you've turned that into a victor mentality. And like, how can yeah. I keep it around me to win? Like, it's so, I, I love that. Like, it's so good. So you can turn your pain into power. And I think that's what you've done there, bro. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So um you know I, I'm sure you you know you've read a lot of books you've seen quotes and everything I can't remember who it was but somebody I came across um an IG uh reels the other day um which someone said something along the lines of in this world you know you've got to become a monster and control it um you know uh be a controlled monster and I think that's what most of us need in life because a lot of the times we don't actually do anything or take action into we're actually hurt or in pain um if you realize um so perhaps you know sometimes you do have to have it the hard way um in order for you to do what you need to do and become who you need to become so you know but i've got that mentality you know i could be i'd be at training and and i want to even at this age i want to be fitter than everybody else <laughs> I want to be better than everybody else, but not just that, but I'm willing to work harder than them. I'm willing to go through the pain that they're not going through or not going to go through. And a lot of the times, you know, hard work beats, beats talent. Um, I certainly had that in my experience when I was more talented than people who work harder than me. So, yeah. I love Definitely. it. So I know you've got an amazing philosophy developed through. So I, I've, my journey is a little different. Like most of my personal development has come through books and mentors and mm -hmm. business but it hasn't really come a lot of my wisdom has come through the hard times which i see in yourself right but my question mm -hmm. is like is some of your development in your mind coming from books are you doing personal development or is it all from experience in your life no it's a bit of both actually funny enough i used to i used to hate <laughs> books um because i just don't like reading them um you know but what i did do then i said well, I know that I need uh, to have access. Well, I need, no, I've got access to books. 
Uh, however, I'm lazy in regards to actually sitting down to reading them. Plus, I'm always finding something else to do other than read a book. So what I decided to do was um, to actually listen to audiobooks uh, because I'm always listening to music on the go. Plus, I don't have to stop doing anything else. So that's what I've been doing over the last year or so. Um, and I've read more books than what perhaps I could, <laughs> I could imagine or think of. Um, and certainly the book has furthered my knowledge um, or enhanced my knowledge in just looking at life different and applying, uh, you know, methods to kind of get you where you want to get, to help you feel better, um, again, to help you lead better, to understand things better. There are certain things, not everything you listen or read in the book, you're necessarily going to apply now. There are things or information that will be with you for perhaps 20 years time and all that, but certainly reading books has, or listening to them, should I say, has definitely helped me develop. Um, so apart from obviously my own experience, because through books, books it's other people's experiences as well. So again, you know, just expanding that knowledge and bits of information that you kind of need for your journey. I love it. So I've got two questions for you to close out. What's your, <laughs> what's your favorite book? <laughs> what's my favorite book so my favorite book how you know what i would have i would have said a different one had you asked me this six months ago but i would say atomic habits which are just read by james clear because <laughs> i really i really like that one um I really liked it. I didn't think I would. Like people have been recommended it for quite some time. But when I, you know, you saw me post a few times and I've read it, I read it again. And yeah, but I just liked it. It kind of relates to almost everything that I can think of um, as well. So I would say that. I love it. Top man. So the last question I like to ask most guests this question. So how do you know you're 32? Yeah. Amazing. So you walk into Starbucks. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> walk into Starbucks tomorrow morning, and to your right, the eighteen-year-old you is sat there. Knowing what you know now, what do you say to him? Do you speak to him? Do you leave him to have his coffee? Like you've got a couple of minutes. What would be your words of wisdom? Because I know a lot of people listen to this are a bit younger. They're looking for some of the nuggets to the information to change their life. What do you say to him? <laughs> good question um i would probably say utilize your time uh as best as you can time is something that once it's gone you can't get it back so for example um i used my time at uni uh obviously to study and stuff but i wasted a lot of time as well um and time when i say time i mean with time everything begins with time right um invest in yourself uh in terms of like you know the 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 enthusiasm uh the the strength the commitment i have to to want to work out and go to the gym you know i don't work out a lot of people think i work out for football i work out for life uh but they don't understand that they just associate the fact that i play football so you know time to invest in yourself and again, definitely books, knowledge, something I've avoided for years. So I think to myself, would I have been in a different, uh, perhaps even further in my journey had I invested in books earlier or listened to audiobooks, especially now, nowadays? Um, 
and yeah and just just kind of like you know be 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 brave be brave so that's what i would say to the 18 year old me i wish i could go back to that time <laughs> yeah you've probably never been asked this can i reverse that question and ask you back or maybe you might have said it already but i'd like to hear what you would say to the 18 year old jack you know what so similar I, I would tell him to think bigger much sooner. And I would say like the information is there for you to do whatever you want to do. So like, I know for a fact that I was so programmed to think the way I was, I was thinking because of who I was around. And yeah. I only started to change the way I thought, but when I got around different people who had different thoughts around like everything. So I, right. I was very much like in this matrix of thinking, like I've got to go and work a job for the rest of my life uh work hard pay into a pension and then do one holiday a year like that was like because that was all I really knew so yeah it wasn't until I got access to different information I was like whoa this is different so like for me I didn't really get into the same as yourself personal development and like open yeah. mind to different opportunities until maybe like mid-20s but 26 that, that's where my life really changed so right be not starting soon like I went through university and I spent all three years yeah. my time. Like I was gambling. I'd sit in the back of lectures, like no, not paying any attention at all. <laughs> I'd be on my phone gambling on like a tennis match in Russia. Wow. A student loan would be going on that. And no one would know, like not even my friends who they wouldn't know because I had such a bad problem with it. Right. And I'd just go out and get drunk. I'd rely on my dad for money for my car or whatever. Like I was just wasting so much time. Whereas, and I know that anything is possible for anybody. Like I genuinely, yeah. that. I was just wasting years of my life, like being a, a Muppet, if you ask me. So like, I'd be <laughs> bro, pick up a book, change your life, start start building some good habits, some atomic habits. Yeah. And that's wow. what and it was when I read a book similar to that it's called The Slight Edge I don't know if you've read it before no I haven't actually Atomic Habits all about habits and things that are easy to do and easy not to do but if you do them often yeah, yeah. life will change I read that when I was 25 and I was like, like I wish I read this before and then I started oh. to change I started to do the things that were easy to do right not to like read the 10 pages or listen to an audio rather than listen to Drake um, yeah or like go and get into a room for the people who think different versus saying, oh no, that'd be crap. Like I'd rather just go and hang around the people I'm, I'm comfortable with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. It was little like slide indoors moments that I started to lean into uh -huh. resist because it was different. Yeah. You know I mean? like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say think bigger, be bold and work hard on yourself when you're doing your job. Impressive. Impressive. Inspirational, Jack. Inspirational. Well, I appreciate you having me obviously on the pod and um yeah um really appreciate the time where, man where can people find you mate what's your ig twitter and stuff uh so i don't actually use twitter that much i only use it for football purposes really um but my ig is official underscore stunner uh one and again this goes just back to the college days and all that uh, i haven't changed that uh but obviously the name is danilo but yeah, um, so uh, same for the Lit Show, for the people that perhaps may want to check it out. Um, I've been recording some stuff, haven't really posted much on there, but I will be doing so sometime soon. So uh, the show is at uh, 
lit underscore show 100 so you can find that on instagram i use mainly instagram for in terms of social media um and stuff yeah i love it bro and football where are you playing next season uh bad shot lee we we just got promoted so i have been playing for bad shot lee for well over almost over five years or five years and a, and a bit now um on there uh, sort of left last season, came back mid-season, um, and then yeah, got promoted. So we'll be playing uh, this season at Batshot Lee. What league? Yeah. So that's step four football. Uh, there's there's a lot of leagues. Um, so I think it's called the Ismanian uh, League um, in there. Yeah. So I was looking so, at your pre-season games. I'm going to try and come watch when you play down here. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a shout. I'll give you a shout. Um, I'll have a look. I need to double check. Even like the, the games like FA Cups and FA Vars, those sort of games, sometimes it does end up being like more towards your way because uh, you're still in Portsmouth, right? I am, mate, yeah. I want to yeah, come yeah. back and watch these skills. I'm, I'm hearing all about it and I'm like, I've got to see them. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, eh? <laughs> but yeah, no, Jack, I really appreciate it, man. Like, you know, I said, sorry, I've had to obviously postpone it a couple of times, you know. I've got a million reasons not to be here, but I thought, you know what, Jack, when I needed you, mate, you were there, um, you know, for the show, and I'm sure you've got just as, as you know, as a busy life as I do. So, you know, 40 an hour of my time was only, was only you know, doing nothing but, but um, kind of thanking you back, really, for the time you gave me, but I enjoyed it, mate. Well, mate, you've added a lot of value to, to it, whoever's listened to this. So, mate, we appreciate you and thanks for coming on. No, thank you, Jack. Speak to you soon, mate.